Welcome to our very first episode of Civil Rights Podcast at Loyola Blakefield. I am your host, Matt Dixon, and accompanying me today is Mr. Bowers. How are you today? I'm doing well, Matt. Doing good, well. good. Doing thank well. you for thank you for coming on the episode. Not we appreciate it. No so we'll jump right into it. So we're gonna be talking about civil rights at Loyola Blakefield. So what is Loyola Blakefield? What is the history? What is the background of this school? Um we can start, you know, Loyola's been around um, uh, in this area um, for you know over 100 or, 100 or mm-hmm. so years. Uh, it was put into the charter that no African-American, you can have this land, mm-hmm. but no African-American, no, wouldn't, the term wasn't African-American back then. Mm-hmm. No Negro students okay. will be able to attend this school. Right. Um, 1956 arrived. The first African-American student applied. Okay. Um, was that um, gentleman was there, by the name of Ken Montague? Was there a transition period with the admissions department that said Negro students are allowed to apply? We had he... to at that point. It was still the charter. Okay. So when he got here, somebody had to go to the folks who gave us the land to right. say, "Look, we got this Negro here who wants to come. Right. Um, what are you going to do?" Yeah. So um, um, they sent the registrar, Mr. Kennedy, who is the the head bust up mm-hmm. at Knott Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they sent him to um, to talk to the sisters, um, the Blake sisters, uh, about this particular young man. Yep. And they were, they said, well, kind of, they said, like, what took you so long? Okay. So even though it was in the charter, they knew it was coming. They knew all yeah. the civil rights things that were happening in the mid to late 50s at that time anyway right, right. were going on. So they knew it was inevitable. Yeah. But they just didn't know when. And it was in 1956, again, that Ken Montague was the first um, African-American student here. Yep. He graduated in 1960. Yep. Um, and since then, there have been a few classes. He was the only African-American student okay. yeah. here amongst what our classes back then, let's say, may have been on the low side, 120 kids mm-hmm. in, in every class. Yep. So we're talking, what, uh, 240 maybe 480, 500 kids. He was the only priest and one of the teachers here at that yeah, time. Absolutely. I'm going to bring that back to Loyola. So Frank did. Yep. And um, and what happened was back at that time was the first invention of what was called back then the HAP program. It's okay. called the Higher Achievement Program. Okay. So what Father Fisher did along with a couple others um, is they went into Baltimore City to the parish um, um, schools, um, um, got some of their better, a lot of their better students offered them the opportunity to come to Loyola, mm-hmm. um, kind of during part of the summer. Well, there you have it, folks. Welcome back to the Civil Rights Podcast at Loyola. I'm your host, as always, Matt Dixon, alongside with me, Henry Tolker. Henry, how are you? Good. Sitting here with the legend, Mr. Crow, here at Loyola for 50 years. So, Mr. Crow, so dive right into it. Thank you for coming on the show, first off. We appreciate it. You're welcome. So, with Loyola, when they allowed black students to be admitted into Loyola, how how did you see that? How did you see how black students came into Loyola and the push for that? Well, I I think that they uh, there was a few that came in, not in large numbers, uh, and some of those were athletes that came in and could contribute in that way. I don't think that they went out trying to bring in large numbers. They just wanted to see how the students that they brought in, that they could uh, adjust to being here at Loyola. And uh, 
it is an adjustment for the black students that come here. Um, uh, think back into their uh, 70s, and uh, I know Tony Guy was a famous basketball player here, and um, it was a big adjustment because it was so different from where uh, mm -hmm. he had grown up. Um, and, you know, for me in the classroom, uh, I really uh, kind of treat them all as just another student. I'm not sure yeah, how hard the administration was pushing to get uh, black students into the school. I know that we had the Fisher program back in the 70s uh, that was to try and uh, get the students uh, ready for Loyola mm -hmm. and its academic, and its academic rigors yeah. uh, that it had. And, uh, you know, I think it was a successful program. It uh, In my time here, it kind of faded away for a little while, and now they've actually brought it uh, back here. Mm -hmm. Did you, so when you saw black students come in, were they, did you see more academic black students or more athletically sided? I guess, black students. Well, I guess uh, overall it was probably more academic. Okay. Okay. Um, we did have, I mentioned Tony, uh, Reggie Boyce was in the uh, late 60s uh, that, I, that I remember uh, being a really good athlete. But there were more non-athletes than there were mm -hmm. athletes okay. that were coming in. Great. Um, another question in, uh, regarding civil rights here. Um, so when... You were coach, uh, teacher, all the above. Um, did you notice anything different with the students? Like, did you notice um, like an issue when you were teaching? Like, did you just notice anything um, with the black students and the white students? You know, integrating here. Uh, I'm sure that there were some conflicts. Um, I didn't allow them in my classroom. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm very kind of cut and dry. Have expectations and expectations for all the students, okay? Um, if somebody is struggling, um, then, uh, you know, I'm more than willing to try and help them. Uh, when you're out on the athletic field, it's really a, based on performance, okay? What you're doing out there, if you're blocking some guy, it doesn't matter whether he's black or he's yellow or what, that's who you're blocking. And if you're successful at blocking him, then maybe you should be there ahead of him. Uh, so it's really based on performance. And prior to coming to Loyola, back when I was in high school, 100 years ago, um, the public school that I was attending at the time just started to integrate, okay? And I know in that situation, they brought in a few high school students in ninth and 10th grade. Uh, they didn't want them in the 12th grade right away. They thought there would be too much conflict, and they also, not that we can do that here, they brought in girls, figuring there was mm -hmm. less likelihood that somebody would pick on the girl as opposed to a boy. Yeah. Um, you know, here, it, there's some conflicts you would, you know, certainly, uh, I'd say some, because there's conflict between white students and white students. So there's conflicts, you know, yeah. I didn't look at it as a race type thing as much as it was just boys having difficulties yeah. with each other. Yeah. So. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Integration of Black Students Loyal. Thank you, Mr. Crow, again. You're Thank welcome. You. My pleasure. And, you know, many of the classes that I was in, I was the only African-American student. Um, but I don't, I don't really recall any instances of, of um, 
you know, bigotry or racism when I was here um, compared to, you know, now. I just think that the times have changed in our country. Um, and what we went through two years ago um, was kind of, you know, kind of scary, to be honest with you. It was kind of scary because I think that, you know, as African-Americans, we all understand that there there are still people out there who, you know, are racist or, or um you know, don't feel certain ways about, you know, African-Americans or, or people of color in general. Um, but that was never displayed here. So I think that there was always a comfort level uh, for, you know, African-American faculty members and students being here. But from uh, another episode of Civil Rights at Loyola, I'm your host, Mac Dixon, as always. And today, our third final episode, our guest today, Mr. Hall. How are you today, Mr. Hall? Thank you for coming on the show. Yep. I'm gonna jump right into it. So you're a former student at Loyola, you're now a faculty member. Can you recall any experience, any story dealing with civil rights here at Loyola? Um not personally. I can recall stories from guys who attended Loyola before me, okay. maybe in the seventies. Uh, mid to late 70s about some of the struggles that they had and a lot of it particularly dealt with hair okay. you know in the way that their hair grew versus the way that other people's hair grew so how, how was their hair different um so you know back in the day and it's kind of come back in, in into style now but a lot of a lot of the african-american guys would wear big afros okay you know um and i think that you know the dress code here always at loyola was the same in terms of hair um, but since African-American hair grows differently, uh, a lot of the guys wanted to be able to wear their hair in the style that they wanted to, and they okay. would pick it out really high. Yeah, using um, those. To, using a pick, the picks, yeah, using yeah. a pick, and stand their hair out really high, you know, and okay. um, I think that there were there were some issues with some of the faculty members or the, the leadership at Loyola with the, the style of hair that was being worn by the African-American kids, and um, there were a couple of guys who stood up for it. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, so those were the the issues that I heard about yep. when I was a student yep. here, and, and yep. even as an uh, administrator and faculty member. Um, personally, when I was here for my four years, I don't ever remember going through anything that dealt with civil rights, um, or ever feeling uh, like I was being persecuted because of the color of my skin. Um, in recent years, there have been a couple a couple issues that came up yeah. that I think Loyola yeah, dealt with, um, but I believe that that's kind of a sign of the times where society is yeah. today. Yeah, and in those those recent years, you've still been a part of the community as yeah. a faculty member. So how does that compare being a faculty member versus those experiences you've heard as a student to the, those civil rights? You know what, being a faculty member, I can, um, you know, I, I feel bad for our young men who are going through the, those times. Um, and my role now is just to, to kind of help guide them through these definitely, situations definitely. And, and use them all as kind of like a learning experience. Um, but also as a faculty member, it, it it shows me how far we have to go in a society, you know, yeah. and especially here at Loyola, how much work still needs to be done. Well, there you have it, folks, the perspective of Mr. Hall. Thank you again. Thank you, sir.